Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning, and the point of it all, so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves, and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. Cindy Elter is an international, award-winning, chart-topping, multi-million album-selling singer-songwriter from South Africa. She was lead singer of the 70s band Cloud, best known for their hit single Substitute. She now lives in Nashville, and I'm chatting to her remotely this evening. Welcome, Cindy. It's so nice to be here, to talk to my family in SA. Still love you. Still love my music family there. Oh my gosh, I think that we all miss you, and everyone is pretty excited that I was talking to you. (laughs) Thank you. So now, I want to know, what is your relationship with music? Is it full-time, part-time, or complicated? My relationship with music has always been full-time, even though sometimes I've had to have jobs. Yeah. Other jobs. Well, when I lived in LA, I also had to have day jobs, Mm -hmm. but I didn't care, because I'd get home from work. I change, put on my rock and roll clothes and go to play or go to the studio or whatever. So whatever jobs I have are always a means to an end. Mm. They're there to keep me alive so I can pay for my bills yeah. and I can pay for what I'm doing and not stress. Yeah. I tell you what, sometimes music didn't even do that for me. And uh, I, was, I used to go through some stages you know, when, especially like through lockdown and place times like that when there was nothing happening, and you're like, Christ, how am I going to pay my rent? So one would think after you mention all those millions of albums sold and all that, that I'd be rolling in it now. Yeah. <laughs> Is it one of those stories where somebody else owns the rights? Well, basically, I only wrote a few songs for Clout. I didn't write the hits. I would have loved to, but I didn't. Mm. I was still developing as a songwriter at that point. I did write two songs that went onto the albums. But in our case, it was more of the manager, record company, owning everything and taking everything. Yes. Devastating. And I'm hearing more and more of those stories. Well, there's a lot of those stories, sorry, because... When we enter into the music business at a, as a young age or whatever it is, we're not expecting to be a business person. We're just expecting to go and have fun and to play on stage and to love our lives. It doesn't work like that, especially nowadays. Most of us, you are independent artists, right? Yeah. So we do it all for ourselves. We do everything ourselves. And now we have the control. Yes. And would you advise that for artists starting out these days? Totally. I'd advise any artist to, I always say this, I do some talks on music business and stuff like that. And I do some for the Academy of Sound Engineering in South Africa. And I always say that you guys have got to have some weapons because this is a war. (laughs) Going into the music business is a war and you have to be prepared. Number one weapon is knowledge. (laughs) So go. Read about this. Go find out what the music business entails. Find out what contracts mean. And have good people on your side. That's weapon number two. There's ways and means of doing this the best way you can. I'm not saying the right way or the wrong way. I'm just saying the best way possible. Hmm. 
What do you know now that you wish that you had known then? I think when we're younger, that age, what you don't want is not as prevalent as what you want. Because, you know, bottom line is our wants always change. So, of course, as a child, I wanted to sing. Mm. Then I wanted to be on stage. Then I wanted to perform with a band. Then, then, then. So your wants change, but your don't wants should not change. So it's like I don't want to sign a contract with somebody that is not going to do the best for me. I don't want to do a tour that is not going to pay, etc., etc. Yeah. So I think I wish I knew what my don't wants were, but how could I when I didn't even have experience? I didn't have the knowledge then. Who gives you the knowledge at the age of 20? Only mentors or people like us who tell people these stories. Otherwise, you don't get this. You don't get born with it. Yeah. It's like life hacks. You know, people say, God, I wish I was 21 and I knew what I know now. Never going to happen, honey. Yeah. Because if you're 21, you will never know what you know now because you haven't lived a life yet. So living the life gives you the knowledge. Yeah. And knowledge is power. That's wonderful. When you started out, what were your early influences? Who were your early influences? I started off listening to pop radio and African music radio because I would spend a lot of time in my housekeeper's room dancing and loving her music. I loved it. And, of course, radio because that was our only medium. When you got television in 1976, if you remember, but you probably don't. Yeah. You were probably about this big. <laughs> <laughs> so my earliest influences were what I heard on radio, which was pop music. My father and mother were both very diverse. My mother was a, a piano teacher, and so she mm. loved anything sort of theatrical, you know, musical theater and all that stuff. And classical. She played beautiful classical music. Yeah. My father was a jawler. My father liked to play a bit of honky-tonk piano, boogie-woogie. He played a, a ukulele. He taught me to play ukulele at the age of like six. And he also sang opera. So I had so many diverse influences at a very young age. And then slowly growing into artists that I would love. Cat Stevens mm. and James Taylor, the real songwriters, you know, Carol King. Yes. And then the Beatles, of course, the melodies and all this stuff. And then Jethro Tull, Deep Purple, Uriah Heep. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, it was like music is a genre. Don't tell me, oh, that's rock and it's this and that. Music is the genre. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> so you've obviously left. You left yeah. South Africa. It's the second time I've left. Second time. Yeah, I left in 1990. I went to live in L.A. Mm. And uh, I loved it. I stayed there for 15 years. And then um, I got cancer and I moved back to Heal. Moved back to South Africa because I knew if I stayed in L.A. with the pressure and the push-push and i got to get back on stage and I've got to start writing again. And la-la-la-la, I just knew it was going to be too much. I was not going to recover from this terrible thing that had happened. Yes. And 
coming back to South Africa was the best thing I did. I immediately got working. I put Cloud back together again. We did this big reunion touring thing and started working with Stuart Irving. I did that band, Alter Irving. Yeah. And then morphed into my own solo thing, which was for the first time really in South Africa that I properly had a solo career because I was always with bands before. Yeah. So, yes, this is, um, I was in South Africa for 17 years and I left last year in February. So I've been here for a year and I decided not to go back to LA because Nashville was always calling me mm. and I heeded the call. So I'm in Nashville. Oh, I mean, it's wonderful. I want to know why you left, though. Did you leave or did you arrive, I suppose? <laughs> I believe I've arrived. I've arrived where I need to be. Yeah. Um, and I believe South Africa was huge in my life. Mm. But I never felt I've, – I've never been the kind of person that needs validation and maybe that was to my detriment because I didn't ask for it anywhere. Yeah. Never asked anybody to look at me, notice me, notice what I've done. But I've always been passed over. Mm. Always in South Africa. Yeah. It's like, oh, Cindy, she's amazing. Oh, my God, you know what she's done, blah, 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 blah. But, you know. Yeah. And um, I just feel especially older artists now. Yes. They get nothing in South Africa. They work their asses off. So I wanted to go firstly to live my dream of living in a place that is the songwriting haven of the world. Yes. You know, and um, to be immersed in that. Mm. And people here love what I do. They love my experience. They're like, wow, you've done so much. God, look at this. And again, it's not because I want validation and pats on the back. I just need to be seen absolutely for who I am and what I can give back to this industry. Yes. And in fact, I had wanted to bring that up, ageism in the industry, particularly here, mm. and particularly aware of it towards women yes. rather than yes, men. Yes, of course. Sorry, let me just interject. The music business. Yeah. Do you know any woman who run a record company? Not anymore. I think Just Music was initially run with a, a brother and a sister. Maybe there was a woman involved. And there they moved to Australia. Yeah. So yeah. bottom line, it is a male-dominated industry. Yeah. I'm not a feminist. Mm. I've never been a feminist because I feel whatever you are, you don't have to shout and scream and say what I am all the time. Yeah. You know, just be who you are. Do your life. Do you and hopefully – Everything will turn out okay. Maybe not. Yeah. And some people, yes, we have to have a war to prove that we are strong enough. <laughs> or we have to have a, a, a protest to scream and shout. Yes, those ones also. We, we have to have these things. But I think being a woman in this industry, I have never been extremely cautious. But I have been aware of sexism in the industry mm. and I understand the me too movement. I understood it, but I didn't fully agree with it mm. because I believe that if you go into your producer's room at 12 o'clock at night to talk about business, I think you know what you're doing. And now it's not just South Africa, mm -mm. the ageism mm -mm. and the sexism. It's everywhere. Hey? Mm. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's an age-old story. 
you know. Uh, and that's why I feel don't shout about it, just do. Mm. Just keep doing what you do. You get in that way. It seems to work. Yeah. For me as a person, as a human being, it works. Yeah. And now contrast mm. between South Africa mm. and Nashville in terms of the scene, in terms of venues to play, in terms of an audience to listen, in terms of a culture around music, particularly live music. I think most people that know anything about Nashville know that there's this area called, called Broadway. It's this long street that is the culture of Nashville, the culture of music. Mm. Every single bar, every single little pub has got bands in, music in, best of the best. Every band you go and listen to is like, phew, they blow your head off. Amazing. The drummer is like, Jesus, who's this drummer? And then you go to another bar and it's like, Jesus, who's that drummer? And then et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's such a high level. Yeah. But I'm not saying that South Africa hasn't got a high level of musicians. Because they have. Musicians in South Africa are really good. Mm. I don't know if they have the, obviously not the same setup as it is here. So every pub or club you walk into a honky-tonk, it's full. There are people humming, pumping. 98% of it is covers. Interesting. And then you will find the other venues around town that support live music, original music venues. Okay, mm. people can go and play their own stuff. So there's there's both sides of the story. So I can't when I can't I can't compare it and say, oh, Nashville's so much better than South Africa. Yeah. South Africa's cuck and this and that. I, I can't say that because I've worked in both of the mediums and I've been lucky to work a lot and to get good audiences and to have a great fan base. Mm. And I don't want to end up sounding like, you know, those people that leave the country and say, eh, you know, that place is cuck. I just can't bear being there. It's not true. Yeah. But it's so think, nice to hear. Yeah. It's, uh, you know what? And you, everybody's got to make, make their own business. Make it work for you. Yeah. What is making music look like at the moment for you? It's fabulous right now. <laughs> I'm very inspired. <laughs> I'm writing a lot. I've just gone into studio with a very dear friend of mine who's a great producer. He's a professor at the Recording Academy at Belmont University here. And he's such a great musician. We met in L.A. all those years ago, and we stayed in touch. And so I started in the studio last, and I'm just doing some demos right now, just feeling out some songs and doing some pre-production and stuff, because... You know what it's like. You go to the studio and you've been playing a song for a while and you go in and you say, oh, I don't like what I've been doing. I want to change it. Give me some beats. Yeah. You know, give me a beat. Let me let me work with something different. What do you want to what do, what does it want to sound like? Oh, give me a Tom Petty drum beat or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. the creation process is ha, I love it. Producing, I love it. <laughs> Writing, I love it. So I'm very full. I'm doing a lot of writer's rounds. Yeah. I'm preparing to put a band together so I can start doing some bigger venues. All in good time, you know. Mm. I'm not in any rush. I've had a long career 
and I am 66 years next month on this planet, and I am thinking of doing another album, you know? So this career will just go on until I can't anymore. Yeah, that's wonderful. (laughs) Have you ever produced anyone else? I love producing. I really do. Mm. I did one or two artists in South Africa, but nothing yet. But I'd, I'd be very interested in that. Right now, if I'm in the studio, I do a bit of production, but I'm more like a... I don't want to wear that hat yeah. as well as being the artist because it just gets a little diluted sometimes. Totally. I would rather just be the artist in the studio and figure out what I want to do. But I've got great ideas when it comes to production. I'll say, try that, just pull that one out there, and, and it's always okay, you know. Yeah. And sometimes it's not. This <laughs> is <just> okay. <laughs> so are you doing any co-writing while you're there? Um, yes, I've done a few co-writes. There's a girl called Nikki Williams. Nikki's an ex-South African as well. Oh, wow. She's been here for a long time. Nikki's quite a bit younger than me, but she's a great singer and a great artist. She's, she's had some cuts. Well, they call when a, another artist records your song and it goes out, mm-hmm. um, they call it a cut. So that's what I'm here for. Nashville for me is to get my songs cut. Mm. That's what I want to do. Yes, I can sing anytime I want. It's not the point. Yes, I can do shows anytime I want. Yeah. But for me, getting my songs cut is now my focus. Yeah. Um, so Nikki and I have written oh, three great songs and recorded them. Looking for publishers, sending stuff out. It's a... Uh, Knock on door thing. 100%. And now you find a publisher who will then shop your song around. Yes. Okay. So they'll shop it because they'll know, oh, um, so Miranda Lambert is looking for some songs or whoever, Pink Mm. or Kelly Clarkson or whoever. They're looking for some songs and there's a lot of country artists that I'll mention their names and people don't even know who I'm talking about Mm. in South Africa because it's not a big genre there. Yeah. There's so many artists and they're all looking for songs and they're young. They're either young or or medium in the business. When I say medium, they've been around a long time. They've got an established career. That's where I'm at. So you do a co-write and then you take the song and when you go into the studio, do you hire a batch of session musos to record it for you or do you just do something quite stripped down? What, how have you done it so far with those three tracks? Well, I mean, you can do it any way you want to, but this we particularly had a good thing because Nikki's got a friend, also a musician, Nick, his name is, so we call ourselves Cynic because it's Nikki and <laughs> Nick and Cindy. <laughs> Cynic oh, I like it. Team. We're like a production team almost. So yeah. Nick's got a studio and he's a producer and he's an engineer and mm, he writes. Perfect. And he plays really good guitar. So we go to Nick's studio. We flesh the songs out. Nick often, Nick's been part of those three songs too because he comes up with ideas and lines. And so it's the three of us really. And boom, we record it. He records it and sends it out. We haven't done any mastering yet of any of them. They still, you know, need to be worked on, but the songs are there. Yeah. And I've got another friend that I've written with. We haven't recorded anything yet, but we sort of, we're just putting down light demos. Yes, stripped down demos. 
Yeah, nice. Nice, something to work from. Yeah, and it's a process, you know, getting to know more people, going to other places where there's a guy that says, hey, I'd love to record your stuff. He's got a studio. Yay, I can go and record with him. Mm. So it just depends on the situation. A lot of people do go into studio, hire session musicians because they're the best of the best here. Yeah. I mean, really <laughs> ridiculous. You just hire a couple of guys, they come in, two takes, and they got it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's worth putting money aside and doing that instead of paying proper money for quality. I, I agree, but I don't know if you must make that your purpose. Like I must always have these amazing quality demos. You know, you put mm -hmm. so much energy into it and it's like, oh, that's not right yet. And you end up not selling anything out because you're just yes. like so picky. So just you've got to get to the point in the studio where you go, fuck it. This is good. It's going to sound like that's it. Because I can go back and re-listen and tweak and fix and da-da-da until the song is so old that it's like not relevant anymore. Yeah. What do they say? Um, sometimes done is better than perfect. I love it. Okay. Advice mm. for young indie creators. And I don't only mean young. I mean for indie creators mm. who want to make music. Yeah. What advice do you have? Well, I mean, always follow your heart. That is very important. But then again, when you are doing something and nobody's buying it, you go do shows and nobody likes it, then you know you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to test stuff out. People say, oh, just make music for yourselves. That sounds lovely in the, in the bigger picture. Mm. But what are you going to do with that music for yourself if nobody likes it? Yes, you can be a star in your own living room. Hallelujah. Happy for you. You know? Yeah. But if you want to be an indie artist and get out there and do stuff, be relevant, have good songs, have good productions, the best that you can get, and just do it from the heart. And my number one thing always, and I tell every young artist this, please do it because you love it, not because you're going to go join idols and be a star for a minute, because that star wanes. You know, they only come out at night stars. <laughs> Then in the day, they're not there anymore, you know. So yes. know that you're doing it for that purpose. If you just want to make it and just want to be a star, good luck to you. I wish you the very best. Yeah. But know that this is a hard road. I said earlier, Music business, it's like going to war. It's a commitment. Are you musically trained? Are you self-taught? And to my detriment, sometimes I'm sure people say, hey, can you read these charts? I'm like, no. But if you play it to me, I'll learn it immediately. <laughs> yes, and that was my next question. Yeah. How has it impacted your career? I've never lost a job because of it. Okay. I've not ever studied music, but thank God I have a good ear and I can pick something up quick quick yeah I think it's good to have knowledge you know I'm not saying to kids don't study don't do it if there are kids or anybody who's at music school or here yeah, Berkeley MIT whatever yeah. do it because learning is I said the first weapon of war is knowledge know your oats know your art I love that local South African musical heroes dead or alive <laughs> wow. I would say Matt Langer. 
obviously because of the great producer that he's been and worked with such amazing artists. Mm-hmm. The guys I've worked with, I swear they're all my heroes because I've worked with the best musicians ever. Yeah. And in the olden days, the olden days, you know, <laughs> where you could go to a club every night of the week and there was a fantastic band there. Yeah. They were just spectacular. And there's so many good musicians there. As I say, I've been so lucky to work with the best of the best. Kevin Kruger was one of my legends. He was a drummer. What a fine drummer, fine producer, fine singer, and one of the funniest people you'll ever know in your life. Mm. I used to laugh my head off, so he's one of my legends for sure. What are you listening to on your way to work in the mornings now? (laughs) On my way to work, I'm listening to older country stuff. So not the new, new country. I'm listening to older stuff. I'm hearing some really good things. Jody Messina, I'm listening to some Keith Urban, whatever's on the, the radio station. It's called Nash Icon. That's the station I'm okay. listening to right now. So it's older stuff. George Strait, um, Travis Tritt, the like real heroes of yesteryear, so as to speak. Yeah. And then I, I'll alternate between like a roots radio station where a lot more blues and folky stuff. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go on to modern country. And then I go on to just straight pop radio. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, Lizzo and Harry Styles and all the stuff. Because I think as a songwriter, you should listen to everything. Yes. Hip hop even. I'm just, you know, I listen to whatever's out there. Wonderful. And I know that we're going to end this interview and I'm going to kick myself for the amount of things that I was going to ask you that I haven't. So maybe we could have you back sometime. I'd be happy to. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Oh, thank you. What is your one social media link that you'd like people to follow you on? I think the best probably is Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't post a lot, but there's a lot of content there and I've always got a little story now and then and uh, people can write to me. And Facebook, of course, Cindy Alter Music. Wonderful. Tori, this has been such fun. It has been so nice. Good luck with everything. I can't wait to hear everything that you're doing. Thank you. Strength to strength. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. If you are an independent artist whose passion for what you do can inspire or fuel others, get in touch. I'd love to chat. You can find me on shotguntory.com. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.
Why are we ever gonna learn when the curse? 